Hello, podcast listeners. This is your host with the most, JJ. We're going to start this episode out with a real Karen moment from Tucker. See if you agree with how he ended his conversation with a local pizza joint. And we talk about the Hulk, and you're going to listen to a eulogy. This is, without a doubt, the most everywhere episode of JJ Meets World. And by the way, if you'd like to help support our podcast, visit jjmeetsworld.com where you can donate to our Patreon, pick up some killer swag at our merch shop, or click the link to Apple Podcast and give us a five-star review. One, two, three, four. J.J. Gordon, sort of like that Indiana Jones in that he's always snipping out his next adventure. Yes, he is. He's always interviewing guests so he can have them on his show and they can talk about pop culture, arts, and leisure. J.J. has his flag unfurled and he likes his french fries curled and he's fun and then he twirls as he goes to meet the world. He will march into the rain even if his ankle sprain. Take a peek inside his brain. This podcast is called J.J. Meets JJ, I had to put my Karen hair on yesterday. Oh, do tell. I did. I did. There is a a local establishment that you can buy pizzas from. Okay. Let's call it Bracey's. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Bracey's Pizza. Mm -hmm. They also, I believe, sell things like petroleum. Yep. Yep. Things like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the pizza at Bracey's. It's so good. Yeah. And recently I've discovered my favorite pizza is actually also from Bracey's. And it's pepperoni and bacon pizza. Oh, you were mentioning this on a very cold day. So good. So good. Well, the past couple of orders I've done from them have been totally messed up. And they've been really unhelpful. And so I finally had to call yesterday and say, can I speak with a manager, please? Oh. I had to say that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't do it in an angry way. I was like, yep, I'm just going to. Make my complaint known because I know I'm about to win. Like there's nothing. I don't need to go and make someone feel horrible. But I'm going to say, hey, this is what happened. This is how I want it fixed. Right. And basically it's just I order it through their website and then the order is totally wrong. And the, the last time I'd called them, the kid hung up on me because he got too nervous about the conversation we were having. Oh my. Just hung up on me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to let this one go today. I <laughs> just not in the mood to deal with this. And then when, when the order was messed up again, and I called them yesterday to say, hey, I, I need to talk to a manager. The guy goes, okay, well, she's in the bathroom right now. Can you call back again in like 15 minutes? And I said, I'd prefer she called me. And I said, this is a customer who's very unhappy. And also, so, you do not tell someone that your manager is, is in, the, in bathroom, the bathroom and it's going to take 15 minutes. It's going to take minutes. 15 minutes to do it. That's like something a kid tells like a stranger who comes to their house. Like, yeah. oh, my parents are in the bathroom right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, long story short, because there's not a huge, crazy amount of ups and downs to the story. The manager, who's actually the assistant manager, because the manager wasn't there, called me back and we spoke and it took, it took a while actually to go, listen, the solutions you're, you're giving me just aren't actually acceptable. Like I'm not going to drive there and get something because I ordered delivery, um, blah, blah, blah. She ended up hooking me up with like some free coupons, free pizzas. Go ahead and order. I did one then again yesterday and the right one came through and she was very nice and I appreciated her helping me out. And she said, yeah, we got some new guys working here that um, we're struggling with right now. So I apologize. And I said, I appreciate that. Thank you. So 
Bracey's took care of it, mm-hmm. right? But it took a couple of, of me going, you know what? This this isn't right the way this is being handled. I'm actually losing money. I'm giving them money and not giving the service that I'm paying for. Not all Bracey's are the same. Correct, correct. And that is something you need to really get behind. I think the next Bracey's I order from won't be the one on 19th Avenue North. It's just I'm just going to not use that one. You know what? I, that's fine. I ordered Bracey's pizza for a school event mm-hmm. last year, and I ordered it at like 9 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. for it to be ready Precisely at 3:30 p.m., I walked in there like, oh, sorry. If we j- we just noticed this ticket, it's gonna be about 30 minutes before your pizza's over. I'm like, that is unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> and so they their offer was, why don't you just come back in 30 minutes? And I said, because I need them for 3:45. Yeah. Like I need to be in charge. And so I ended up sending a kid to go pick up the pizza, to which they gave that kid the business. Because they're like, well, I know you're not the one who ordered these pizzas because we talked to him already. And that was, I was like, Bracey's on 19th Avenue North, you're dead to me. It's the same one. Okay, yeah. The same so, one. Now, can't, here's, can't, here's, can't suggest it. I'm glad we're not saying its actual name. Here is my suggestion. The Bracey's on 13th Avenue. It's the new one. Okay. So it's where the ground round used to be. Okay, okay. We're really, if you didn't figure out what gas station this is already, you really, <laughs> like, come on. Uh, okay, it's but, a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that one, consistently the best pizza. Okay. And also, whoever is making their cheesy garlic breadsticks mm-hmm. does it with love. Mm. And I appreciate that as good. someone. Good, good, good. I do have uh, the, the nice thing, though, is that and now I have a bunch of leftover pizza in my fridge, mm-hmm. which I'll be eating today. And the bacon and pepperoni reheats so good. Okay, so it so was, good. It was a it was a female assistant manager who called you back, yes. right? Okay, Older. so you we're gonna do a scenario here. Okay, you are the male employee that you spoke to who said that I was in the dumper. Do you want me to just play exactly how they did it? Well, no, no, because we're gonna we're gonna talk about what happens after the assistant manager gets <laughs> done with the phone call. Okay, <laughs> hang up. Ugh. Now ask me what's wrong. What's wrong? Ugh. Joe, you know that guy who called earlier? So wait, so I'm the female? Or no, no, I'm the I'm the female. Oh, you're I'm the female. female. Ugh, Joe, you know that guy who called earlier? Uh yeah, the the really uh the, the gentleman with the really soothing voice. Yeah, the real sad one. <laughs> he wouldn't let me go. He kept trying to tell me how to do my job. Does he not understand that I'm only working here because I'm cooking meth? In the dumpster out back? Well, what did you offer him? Well, at first I said, we'll just make a pizza and you can come in. And clearly he's not wearing pants because he wasn't willing to drive here. I even offered to run it out to his car, but he said that was unacceptable. He actually used the word unacceptable. I wrote it down here on this old cigarette package nine times. He's probably, if I were to guess, going to be upset about the fact that even though we've screwed him now twice, he still has to pay for delivery for this time as well. So we're still getting even more money out of him for pizza that he should have had hours ago. He just he's kept asking for stuff I can't control. He kept wanting Sierra Mist. I told him they don't even make that anymore. It's called Starry. That was unacceptable to him. Well, Again, another tick on the unacceptable. Well, did you tell him about our replacement uh, Bracey's brand of Sierra Mist? I, I did. Sierra Meist? Sierra, yeah, he said it sounds too much like a drink for mice. 
like a mouse drink. You know, that's understandable. Now, I finally, I was able to finally I'm much give more reasonable bu- right now than I was when I spoke to him earlier. You, and I, I hung up on him. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's probably because you got your chance to have your 15-minute bathroom break. I was just so disappointed in myself that I didn't want to stay on the phone with him. Mm. When he told me that, well, no, he had ordered through our website, not DoorDash's website, which is why it wasn't DoorDash's fault. Which it wasn't. Clearly, it was ours. Yeah, but I mean, we contracted with that company, and we put a lot of trust in them to be a representative of our business. That's true. So here's the thing. I'm quitting Bracey's. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. And Sarah, uh, where are you going? Well, <sighs> and is it ha- does it have anything to do with your Crohn's disease? Because you were in that bathroom for about 15 minutes. It does. Again. It does. I'm going to start taking experimental Crohn's medication and hoping for some kind of outcome, uh, a superpower or something like that. Also, this is a good time to tell you, I don't have Crohn's disease. I've been lying to you this whole time just so I could take a longer bathroom break and you wouldn't give me the business. I'm so sick and tired of people giving me the business. And if Sheila ever comes back to pick up that last paycheck of hers, you can tell her that I know where she lives. Sarah, she's the owner of this Casey's. I don't care. I she's sitting there in her in her like big mansion, in her Bracey's mansion, and I I'm sick of it. I think you know what, Sarah. You know all that. You, you know all that dog poo we've been saving Sarah. for an occasion. This is this is the day. Let's get two things straight. First of all, I'm the one who cleans up after you every time you're in that bathroom for 15 minutes. There's no way you don't have Crohn's disease. Just by the state of that bathroom when it's, I get in there. It's because I only eat Bracey's Two, products. We know, we know whose poop that is we've been saving. We know whose that is. Yeah. It's Jed's poop. I mean, we all are playing that game where Jed's always like, there's a dog that pooped outside, but we all know it's his poop. So today's the day. I'm quitting Bracey's. I'm finally gonna. I'm finally gonna live my dream. I am going You're to go. You're gonna live your dream of, of trying be, to of cure your Crohn's disease. I'm gonna be. An I'm assistant. glad you finally found the time to do that. I would like to move into the role of assistant manager at a holiday gas station, because holidays are where dreams come true, and they got breakfast sandwiches. And now I can work a breakfast shift and get a good breakfast sandwich. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that's a really good idea. I mean, when I heard that same radio jingle that you did about when you work at Holiday Station, every day is a holiday. That, that was a powerful message. It was. It was also copyright infringement to the song Holiday by Madonna. It really speaks to the power of advertising Joe, are you in the coming radio. with me? Are you leaving? We Listen, here's the thing. We can just walk out that door and we can let nature take over this Bracey's. Yeah, but I because I don't have Crohn's disease, I really need this job. Let me ask you a question. Are you sure you don't? Like, are you sure? Like, has a doctor given you a definitive diagnosis well compared to you i definitely don't have crohn's disease because there isn't a thin film of gray matter all over every surface when i leave a bathroom what the gray no that those are newspapers that i put down so there would be more sanitary and then they just all get wet and so they become semi-translucent well, if it's newspaper then why is it only in black and white because newspapers come in black and white you never read garfield no what's a garfield is that some is that some kind of uh, fancy college textbook? At this point, like, all I read, the only comic I read, is called Orange Cat, <laughs> and you can find it in free newspapers across the country. And this Orange Cat, here's the thing: this Orange Cat loves a one particular Italian dish, carbonara. <laughs> Can't get enough carbonara. Were you a 
an Orange Cat fan when you were a kid? No. I was a huge Orange Cat fan when I was I, a kid. I, I know because even into your adulthood, you loved the, was it the Garf or John minus Garfield or whatever oh, that strip was where they took so, away Garfield's word bubble? So good. Garfield without, I think it's Garfield minus Garfield, I think is what yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's phenomenal. Also, the Lasagna Cat YouTube channel is chef's kiss like that is such a great youtube channel have you ever watched that before i have not we've talked about it before haven't we have, we? yeah and i really should also i'm very mad at this new garfield film like cg film adaptation that's coming out because chris pratt just stopped letting him voice oh is he voicing garfield he's voicing garfield he should be voicing odie where it's just dog sounds like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, frank uh <laughs> frank welker is really if, holding up if you one. were handed the Creative direction keys on the next, a brand new refresh of a live action Garfield movie. Mm-hmm. Who is your John Arbuckle? In the in modern stuff, it would be Ed Helms. Ooh, right, yeah. Ed Helms kind of has that that sort of everyman. He's not really handsome, but he's not you know like quirky looking. I think that he could handle the Garfield. Uh, you know the aspects of of John from Garfield that he would really need. Who's the actor who plays the dad Phil on Modern Family? Oh, sure, What's yeah. What's his name? Um, I don't know that actor's name. Phil Dunphy is his full name on the Modern Family. Name. Yep, but yeah. he's uh, yeah, he's been he'd be good too, right? Uh, Although, do you think he's maybe slightly too old? Because where do you well, place it's John's your, age? It's your adaptation of the film. That's good. That's a good call. Right? So it really just depends on. How you want to do it. I think it would be fun to do an older John Arbuckle, all like Brian Cranston, you know, mm-hmm. because his he. In he, fact, that's Garfield minus Garfield. It is oh, Brian yeah. Cranston talking yes, to a cat it is. that he thinks is talking back to him, but it's not. Or it's no, it's just not. Uh, so there's OK. So there are actually two variations of this. And I think it's different creators who did it. There's Garfield without any word balloons. And then there's Garfield with literally no Garfield. Oh, where it's John speaking to empty space. Oh, my. Um, and that one is even I think that one is Garfield without Garfield or something like that. I, there, there's there's two variations. And I think you could embrace both on, on some aspect of it because it just becomes a lonely guy speaking to nothing in his house. I mean, may, maybe that's the idea, right? Is you do a Garfield adaptation that doesn't have Garfield in it uh-huh. and you just call it John. Uh huh. And it's about him trying to, you know, ultimately find a Garfield for his life. <laughs> yeah. I also think that uh, Nermal was just always really attractive. Because <laughs> they put eyelashes yeah. on her. Yeah. It's like, how do you know it's a girl? Because they got eyelashes. I mean, that's Sometimes the thing, like, they're wearing lipstick. Literally, the, the female ver- like versions of characters in that are John with puffier lips and and uh, eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the same exact body type. Yeah, yeah, Jim Davis isn't like... Uh, the world's best illustrator. It's not even him drawing it anymore. Um, Cause it's like a whole factory of people who right. make it. You know? I have, I always figured Jim Davis is the type of guy who like is getting rip roaringly drunk and he goes, all right, let's see what Garfield's going to do today. What's that? There's a tray of lasagna. <laughs> it's, it makes me think of that. Zach Galifianakis character, the guy who talks about the Garfield movie too much. <laughs> uh-huh. And Odie's up to his old tricks. <laughs> He's <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've pitched a new Garfield movie, I think that we've uh, we've really done the Lord's work in this. We have. Um, this is this is going to take a weird turn, but uh, I I taped a eulogy I gave recently, oh. and so I'd like to play that audio here. It's it's very funny. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's it's full of a lot of stories, and uh, if you're a frequent listener, you know that. Uh, my uh, my friend Shelly, previous guest, passed away suddenly on uh, Christmas Eve, and her family asked me to uh, not only MC the funeral, but also speak to who Shelly was as a person, and I realized, well, I really only know this Shelly, and like all the different lives that we lead. So, for example, I don't know Tucker at work. You know, like, maybe you sure. have a slightly different personality at work, and, you know, maybe there's some things that you do. You don't know JJ, who's the water skiing enthusiast, because people don't realize this. I'm really good at water skiing. I've been really good for a long, long time. It's like Hulk has different Hulks that come out. Right, and it's exactly. like, which one is it today? Right, and the Avengers are like, have you met the Hulk who loves baking? Be like, he never shows up to the Avengers campus. You should be happy when it's like the Joe Fixit Gray Hulk, when it's like, oh, I can have a full conversation with this person. He's not going to smash me. That's great. Yeah, I I like not being smashed in general conversations. (laughs) And that was the Gray Hulk? Yeah, who at one point goes by the name Joe Fixit. So there's... I think the pre- I thought that was maybe the illustrator, but he nope. goes by the name Joe Fix. It, it was, Why would you go by a different name? You still look like the Hulk, so, right? So yeah, there's a, there was a period of time. So the very first Hulk in the comics ever was a gray Hulk who was not mon- monosyllabic. He would have, oh my god, I can't believe they're running after me and stuff like that. And then they quickly changed him to a green Hulk um, because it stood out more. Okay, and it turned him more into just like a, a brutal beast. The way it works now in the comics is that there are actually multiple personalities in Bruce Banner's head and which version of the Hulk comes out is the one that you see. And typically it's called Savage Hulk. That's the normal Hulk that we're used to is green Hulk smash and, you know, puny humans and stuff. That's sort of the the dominant personality that comes out the most. Uh, the Gray Hulk uh, also goes by the name Joe Fixit because at one point the Gray Hulk personality became dominant and went under the pseudonym Joe Fixit in like New Orleans as like a mobster. And I mean, you're like, that's Hulk right there, but he would dress as a mobster and he teamed up with like Wolverine and stuff. Um, he Why was even, would you go by the name Fix It? It makes you sound like you own a small hardware you, store. The idea is that, that was just his mobster name. He he would, you know, you got a problem, well, Joe will fix it for you. You know, it was he was that kind <laughs> of a thing. But Gray Hulk is this physically the weakest Hulk. And when he gets angry, he actually gets weaker. So he has to like keep his head about him and stuff. And he's still really strong versus Savage Hulk gets stronger the angrier he gets. Then there's Devil Hulk, which came out in a certain storyline who is sort of like Savage Hulk, but there's just no talking to him whatsoever. He's just Mm. pure rage. Um, I think there's uh, there's Scar, which is like a King Hulk from like there's a few other versions of him. Did he kill his brother? No, (laughs) but they all battle inside his head. And then there's that one point where the Gray Hulk, Joe Fixit, um, the personality took over, but he didn't turn into the Hulk. So it was Bruce Banner walking around with a Hulk personality. Sometimes that happens too. Oh, where he's like, he's like, let me punch this wall, and he's, then his hand like shatters. Yeah, like Savage Hulk's personality might come through, but but he doesn't physically transform. Mm, okay. Well, that was a lot a, there. This is a good transition into my eulogy Shelley's for Shelley. Eulogy. Yeah, yeah. As we already had a really good transition to it already. Didn't right. We? Yeah, it was perfect. Okay. Um, enjoy. Which is weird. I guarantee you mine is not going to be as put together as Valerie's. Just 100%. 
Uh, I was asked to speak about Shelley's life, which is a difficult task because looking around this room, I see Shelley's 50 different lives she occupied all at the same time. And if uh, you were ever with Shelley when two of those worlds collided, you would turn to yourself and say, who are they talking about? You run into someone from the North Dakota Air National Guard and they talk about her poise and professionalism. And you go like, she literally just got mad at McDonald's for not giving her two top buns on the same sandwich. So I want to talk about a couple of the different Shelleys that I've known throughout the years. Uh, first of all, it's when I had the opportunity to go to Rutland and direct those plays. Uh, I started when Shelley was 11 and ended when she was 16. That final year, uh, my best friend Jared and I had to convince her that it was more valuable to be a part of summer theater than it was to work at like uh, some egg-related business with fertilizer. I don't really remember. I'm a concrete kid. And I will never remember the first day when we accepted the job. So we had to drive down to Rutland, a town we had never been to before. And this is in the era before even MapQuest. So we pulled out the old actual laminated map and we couldn't find it. <laughs> that was the thing, is we could not find this town. So finally, Jared said, why don't we call the sheriff's department and they can tell us at least which county we're looking in. We get down there and my impression was we were auditioning for the job. And I think if, uh, for Ione and Pam, they were auditioning uh, themselves for us to agree to come down. <laughs> so at the end of it, we both awkwardly were like, yes, we'll see you on July 27th. Sounds good. And then Ione pulled me in and warned me. She said, my daughter Shelly's gonna be a part of this show. I said, okay. And I thought, okay, here's where it's the hard sell, right? Like mom's telling me I gotta give her a really good part. No. It was a full-on warning that her daughter was gonna be a handful. And then, after talking to Zach, I found out she gave that same speech to him. I own you've been warning people about Shelly for her entire life. One of the first things that I learned when I was there is we had to invent games to keep some of the kids occupied. By the way, I am seeing the adult version of a bunch of those kids out there and it makes me feel really old. Uh, but it is amazing to see you. So we had to invent these games, and our first game was run around the building three times. And at that point, it was just, Shelly, you just gotta run off some energy. Uh, then she taught us how to do cartwheels. On our second day out there, she rode a horse up to the porch of the house we were staying in, and it kind of blew our minds. And little did I know, I was becoming friends with someone who I would hold so dear in my heart and have such a huge influence on my life. Shelly eventually got to direct, and so she went from being an actor in the group all the way to being the director. And on the Wednesday, she started on a Monday, on a Wednesday, she called and she said, I am so sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize what it was like to be on the other side of that coin. And I said, have you used the runaround game? She goes, we used it in the first 20 minutes. I've known every single job Shelley's had from year 18 up because I am constantly put down as a reference. I don't know why. Some of the uh, times it's been interesting, you know, when she's uh, applying for a job to work at the boot store in the mall, that's a pretty easy one. But then all of a sudden it's like the Pentagon calling and they're asking her, asking me like, is she a loyal American? And I said, you know, I've never really thought that about my friends, but if there is one, it would be Shelley. Uh, 
I had the good fortune to run into Shelly at Space Aliens her freshman year of college. I didn't even know she had moved up to Fargo. I didn't know she was going to college at NDSU, but she just happened to be the hostess at the stand. And I said, Shelly, so great to see you. What are you doing now? And she said, well, I'm going to college, but I'm also doing this because Shelly wears 30 hats at the same time. And I said, well, would you ever want to join our comedy group, The Line Benders? She said, well, yeah, that would be great. What is it? And so I explained, well, remember when we did improv as part of summer theater? She goes, yeah. And I said, we do that, but we do it in front of like random groups of people. Oh, that sounds awesome. So Shelly eventually becomes a member of the line benders and it starts like this. I like that new girl. That girl who did that horse impression was awesome. And then finally, Shelly is one of the strongest improvisers I've ever seen. And I can't tell you the amount of growth that she had as a performer. It was amazing to see. And it was really fun to watch her frame of reference open up because when I first met Shelly as an adult in Fargo, it was like finding a cave woman. And I'll, I'll explain why. One day during conversation, someone said, oh, that new movie's got Bill Murray in it. And she said, who's Bill Murray? I said, oh, he was on SNL. What's SNL? Saturday Night Live? What's that, a show? There was not a single pop culture reference that Shelly had a direct relationship to. And it was amazing. It was like honestly being like, listen, there's three Back to the Future movies, but you'll like the third one because it's got horses in it. <laughs> it was amazing to watch her grow. And she realized that she's got to have this quick education in exactly <laughs> what it means to be someone who, I don't know, watched 20 minutes of television. Clearly, the Pearson family spent a lot of time outside. Uh, and so that was a lot of fun getting to work with her. And then she expanded into different areas of performing with us. One of those being crisis intervention training. This was a service we provided to law enforcement agencies where they were working on being more empathetic to groups of people who were maybe suffering from bipolar disorder or who were severely depressed. And so for us, we had to act as if we had been diagnosed with these symptoms and then portray. It's hours long, it's very tiring, it takes a lot out of you. Usually we had to go to Arby's afterwards just to kind of be like, okay, let's put some grease in the system. Shelly did such an amazing job in CIT for a couple of reasons. Number one, she took it so incredibly seriously. Number two, she knew how important this was to our community and how those individuals that these police officers are going to go and interact with will no longer be five minutes, put them in the back of a squad car, but they built empathy and they learned that these people are having one of the worst days of their lives and how can they be more helpful. And lastly, Shelly had absolutely no shame in embarrassing police officers. <laughs> After the first session, one of the things that the cops had told us was like, you need to act as if this is like a real situation and normally people aren't very polite. You know, no one's using decent language. And so I remember talking to Shelly and she's like, oh, I really gave it to this one cop. And I said, well, tell me about it. She was like, I told him he was a piece of crap. And I said, well, okay, listen, we're gonna have to amp that up a couple times over. And Shelly would tell me about running into these police officers at places like Target and being embarrassed because she said just these awful things and that person embracing Shelly and saying, thank you so much. This was the most realistic training I've ever had. 
I actually used it recently. And Shelly was a part of that story. And then we started this thing called the Gastro Pub Quiz, where we did trivia at the Fargo Billiards and Gastro Pub every, every week. Now, Val said that Shelly found Zach, but I'm gonna be honest, I told a real big lie. <laughs> Shelly came in and she was talking about the cute guy at that table, and I'm like, Shelly, last week he was asking about you. She's, he was not. That gullible attitude was so much fun. As someone who I considered like a sister, it was just always so fun to tease Shelly. I said, yep, he's asking about you. I think that you should go over there and talk to him. She goes, okay, sounds good. There's no reason I shouldn't trust you as an adult. <laughs> and then Shelly and Zach became an entity that I got to know very well. Zach, an honorary member of the line benders, like he's, if you've ever come to one of our shows, Zach pretty much did all the setup. <laughs> so, and never got paid for any of it. <laughs> Shelly got to keep the check herself. Which reminds me, when I was writing down experiences I had with Shelly, one of them was, we, we, you got paid to be in these comedy shows, and one time she said, listen, don't write me a check, but would you meet me at the tractor supply company and just buy this yoke saddle? I don't know, concrete kid. And I said, no, that's not the way money works. I will pay you, you will cash that check. And she goes, oh, okay, 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 sounds good. Later on, one of the jobs I was able to give Shelly was at WeFest. And Shelly said, listen, I wanna do something. I just wanna earn some money. Would that be all right? Can I come work for you at WeFest? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. And one year will stick out in my mind forever. There's a campground called Eagle, and it's notoriously the worst campground. And not worst in that it's the, like, the worst place to be. Worst is in like, I'm 19 years old and I have a fake ID and this is the one I'm gonna go to. So Shelly manages Eagle for me. And I get a call saying, you need to go see what's going on at the front gate of Eagle. I think, oh no, what's happening? Did someone back into somebody else? Was there an injury? So I show up. And there's Shelly talking to a car and I'm waiting for her to finish and she finishes and I walk over and I said, listen, I was radioed that I should come over here and see what's going on. And she goes, she goes, yeah, we got a lot of kids that are going down the wrong path. <laughs> I said, well, that's, that's a pretty hard judgment considering most of these kids don't even get out of the car. I said, so what do you mean? She goes, she goes we got a fleet of fake IDs. And she, I am not kidding you one bit. She walks me into the booth. She has got a line of ID, IDs this long. And she goes, most of them are from Wisconsin. We think that there's someone making them and distributing them in the city. <laughs> and so I told her, your job is not to take away fake IDs. <laughs> Unless like someone shows up and it says their name is Karen and clearly they are, just took their mom's ID. So she goes, but listen, I've got this great way. I'm not taking them. They're giving these IDs to me. Okay. So I said, how's it going? She goes, follow me to this next car. So we go to this next car and she turns around and she gives me a knowing look saying like, I'm gonna get all the fake IDs out of this car. So she goes in and she looks at it and she looks at one ID and she looks up at the driver and looks at the ID and she says, gosh, you know, I can't tell if this ID is real or not. I tell you what, this is such an inconvenience, I'm so sorry, but I'm gonna get the sheriff over here just to run it and that way we're clear and that way it covers me. 
<laughs> it's my sister's ID and I only took it because we just came all the way from this. And so Shelly's like, okay, so I'll just, I'll keep this. She goes, anyone else in the car? Four more IDs handed over right there. <laughs> At one point, the sheriff's department comes over and starts learning from her <laughs> on what to identify on a fake ID. I couldn't believe it. That same summer during the setup for WeFest, I saw something that was very true to Shelly's nature, which is, if there is a job, let me take care of it. A lot of you will know what a post hole, post hole pounder is. I don't. <laughs> but yet Shelly was going to help in another campground, so she grabbed the post hole pounder because they needed to put some stakes in because they were gonna put in some snow fencing. I go over to check on how the project's going. There are six grown men watching Shelly post hole pound. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was like, well, none of you wanna do this? And they're like, actually, four of us would like to get her phone number if that's all right. <laughs> That's the kind of girl that you marry right there. Shelly was just one of those people who you couldn't help but have an infectiously good time with. One of the first Thanksgivings that she was gonna be away from home because she had to work at the mall, she called and she said, hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? I said, well, come on over, we're cooking dinner. And at the end of dinner, we're cleaning up and I said, hey, would you hit the garbage disposal for me? And she goes, the what? So the garbage disposal, it's that light switch. Okay, and she hit it, jumped five feet when the garbage disposal goes on. And she told me later on that she goes, we didn't have one of those at home. My mom told me it's over the fence. So I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. When Shelly had appendicitis, I went to her house and picked her up and brought her to the ER. And I got to see something that like basically nobody else ever got to see, which was Shelly bonkers out of her mind on pain medication. She was really worried that her eyebrows were growing and growing and growing. It was a wonderful, wonderful moment. And then afterwards, all the line benders visited. And if you've ever seen the photo of all of us in Shelly's uh, hospital room, you might note that Shelly's holding a, a bottle of Elmer's glue. And that was because we couldn't get the horse in the hospital. <laughs> Shelly also knew that she was that person in people's life who could be called upon. And when we were at our worst, Shelly could be at our best, at, their, at her best. I vividly remember her calling me from Afghanistan after the death of a friend. She told me that she had just heard the bad news and then she offered me her condolences and she said, is there anything that I can do? And I said, not from Afghanistan. And then I said, am I being charged for this call or is the US government? And she said, it's probably you. I never went back to check if I got charged for that one, but it was worth it. Uh, there was a random day where Shelly just showed up to my house dressed like a cat. Not Halloween, just dressed like a cat, just the way it is. Uh, <laughs> Shelly also, I don't know if you, a lot of you probably know this, but she's internet famous for being in a Doritos commercial in which a bunch of people who are noodling for catfish, a lot of whom are here right now in this room, uh, are noodling for catfish, and then I am eating Doritos, I put my fingers into the water, and I pull up a mermaid. The amount of times that she had be directed on how to like, suck the Doritos off my fingers. <laughs> and by the way, this is way late. This is after summer, I mean end of September, early October, that lake we were in was freezing. Not a single complaint from Shelly, even, 
Even after she had to pop on the mermaid costume, it was just out of this world. It was so much fun. And I don't think Shelly ever regretted that, but she certainly wishes it hadn't been so popular. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite memories of Shelly involves her coming to my house while I was doing a home project. Shelly never shied away from work, never. She was somebody who would lend a hand for any project that was going on. And in this one, I was pulling down a plaster ceiling in my living room. And as she left, she asked if she could have a Ziploc bag. And I said, oh, okay. I did a lot of okays with Shelly over the years. And she took a bunch of the plaster and put it in a baggie and left. Two days later, she showed up with a canvas where she had incorporated the plaster into the paint that she had used on this canvas and gave me one of the greatest gifts that I will ever receive in my entire life and I treasure it and I'll even treasure it deeper now. And I thought that's who Shelly is as a person, right? She sees destruction, she sees chaos, she sees something that I wanna throw away and somehow she makes something beautiful out of it. And should we all be so lucky to be able to do that on a regular basis? Even today, it doesn't feel real to me. It won't seem real for a very long time. And that's hard. And whether she was your, your sister, your daughter, your friend, your niece, your neighbor, your coworker, your fellow guardsman, Shelly had a special part in your life. And it was one of those 50 personalities. And if we could all just be a little bit more like her every single day, oh, this world would be a better place. It'd be a little funnier, be a little bit kinder to each other. And so my last story about Shelly as I wrap things up here for my part is Shelly and horses. Big part of Shelly's life, I never really understood it. Again, concrete kid, why would you wanna go out and have to do chores every single day? What benefit are you getting from this animal? Finally, after years, Shelly told me, this isn't an animal. What this is, is a part of my family. It's a friend. And then I thought to myself, she's absolutely right. I'm looking at this in the wrong way. I need to put on those Shelly goggles and look at it in a different way, which brings me to the fact that I couldn't find the right sympathy card for today because there was no sympathy card that I could give to Zach or, or Ione or anybody that really identified who Shelly was. I went through everything. I went to Hallmark, I went to Target. I found cards that said, wishing you strength during difficult times. I'm sorry for your loss, thinking of you. Deepest sympathy. But I found it. After I looked through all of those cards, I finally found it but I need to beg your indulgence because it's a sympathy card for a dog. In their short lives, our pets give us all they can. Imagine I said Shelly instead of pets. <laughs> their friendship, unselfish love, and total loyalty. There comes a time when these beloved pets are no longer with us. Beloved Shelly is no longer with us. Yet we can repay their friendship, love, and loyalty by remembering them. You were a very good girl, licorice. <laughs> Shelly. I hope that you can find her in laughter, in fun. Uh, there's a quote from Dr. Seuss that I can't believe nobody used today, but I'm gonna go into it, which is, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. 
I think a lot of people consider funerals as a time when things end, and in fact, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of us being able to remember our dear friend, daughter, family member, guard member, uh, hostess at Space Aliens, yada, 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 it goes on forever. And so today that starts. I'd like to end today with uh, the immortal words of the Muppets, who always say it better than I ever could, with the song Saying Goodbye, which Shelley sent to me after we found out a friend of ours had passed away. Saying goodbye, going away, Seems like goodbye is such a hard thing to say. Touching a hand and wondering why, it's time for saying goodbye. Saying goodbye, why is it sad? It makes us remember the good times we've had. So much more to say, but foolish to try. It's time for saying goodbye. Don't want to leave, but we all know, sometimes we just have to go. Somehow I know we'll meet again, not sure quite where, and I don't know just when. But you're in my heart, so until then, I want to smile, I want to cry, saying goodbye. Thank you very much for coming this afternoon. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us continue to produce new episodes each week, visit jjmeetsworld.com, where you can donate to our Patreon, pick up some swag at the merch shop, or follow our link to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the sites the cool kids are using these days. JJ Meets World is produced every week by Tucker Lucas. You can find out more about Tucker's work by visiting moonbasemaria.com. If you want to get in touch with your host with the most, check out linebenders.com where you can find direct contact info for JJ or booking information. My favorite version of the Hulk is Tucker Lucas Hulk, which is a Hulk that gets really angry and smashes down gas stations that don't give him the pizza he likes. Mm-hmm.